This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Call it a big homecoming. Adam and Aaron Nee, they were here at South by Southwest 16 years ago with their movie, The Last Romantic, which jumpstarted their career. And now they're back with their first big studio movie, Paramount's The Lost City, starring Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, Brad Pitt, who isn't in this movie. And the Knees are here with us today on Crew Call. Guys, this is a homecoming of sorts coming down to South by because you were here back in um, 2006 with The Last Romantic. That's right. Yeah, Aaron and I were were we young men, uh, and we had basically pulled together about eighteen thousand dollars and shot a movie on SD video cameras uh, around New York City with friends, stealing every single location, and made this tiny little movie about a poet who hadn't written any poetry called The Last Romantic. And so, our first time to South by Southwest was as like the most indie guys you could possibly be. So there is something very um, wild and fun and uh, beautiful about coming back now with this huge, epic, fun movie that was made for a little more than $18,000. Now, tell me about how your, your lives as filmmakers changed after South By, because that's, that's a huge debut. Yeah, it's re- really quickly coming off of that South By premiere, we started getting attention from, we got representation, we um, we we had the opportunities to start getting getting invited into those generals, into those things that starts introducing you to the um, um, to the film industry. And we we were pretty naive at the time too, and just didn't know how to capitalize on that. What does it mean? What's important? Uh, um, uh, where where your attention should go? Uh, and that uh, it was really it, it was a it was a super valuable learning experience for just even discovering what it means to suddenly be in the mix. It was like movie college. You know, we had, it was an amazing opportunity and we ended up moving out to L.A. after that. But it was really just the start of us kind of figuring this whole <laughs> this whole thing out. Yeah. But tell me tell me about what happened. You went on to make Band of Robbers. But were you doing other things during that time? Were you were you writing on a number of feature scripts? We we did so. I mean, we did so much in that time. We were always very scrappy and always working really hard, making our own stuff. So we would, you know, we would shoot a a, a web series that was on uh, Comedy Central or Funny or Die, or we we shot a a spec pilot that we sold to Comedy Central and developed. And then when that didn't go, we sold them another pilot. And we had a movie in development for a long time. Music videos. Um, uh, we were developing uh, a uh, a feature, and actually a couple of different ones. And Band of Robbers was in that mix, um, and that's the one where things came together, and it happened, and um, uh, um, you know became our next film. 
So He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, did that come, did you guys get attached to that way before the Lost City? That's right. Yeah, He-Man was, He-Man's a wild one. It was, um, you know, we had, uh, we had somehow had this amazing opportunity to pitch on uh, the Bumblebee movie, uh, the Transformers film. And so, we felt like we had this kind of rare window post band of robbers where people would kind of listen and we, we, we could sort of say, here's who we are. And so Aaron is an incredible visual effects artist. And we decided let's just make a bumblebee short to try to impress them and show them what we can do. And so we put together this film in like a day. We shot it overnight with Aaron's daughter and a CG bumblebee that Aaron made over the next week. And then we cut this thing and showed it to Paramount. And it just kind of made this huge impression to where we were suddenly actually in the mix for the movie. And out of that came uh, many, many, many things that eventually led to uh, this opportunity for Masters of the Universe where Sony was like, hey, what would you guys do with the He-Man movie? And yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy and surreal, but it really came from this short film more than anything that we did pitching for Bumblebee. So when you sat down with Sony, and we're going to get to the Lost City, but when you sat down with Sony, were you showing off your Bumblebee VFX reel as a demo? That Bumblebee short kind of became like something that sort of like within the industry went viral. And so it started spreading around and we started getting invited into the mix on things that we would normally not be in the mix on. Um, and so we got asked, hey, what's your take on Masters of the Universe? And we came in and we're just like, this is what Masters of the Universe meant to us uh, as kids. This is what we would want it to feel like. Um, the, 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 the color, the vibrance, the fun, um, the holding on to the, the really wacky, but also like something that touches into, it taps into that um, very basic um, child desire to be empowered. Um, and uh they really liked uh, our, our take on it um, and we got we got that project going and it was while we we're in that process of building this big the um, this really big uh, enormous world building movie that uh, Lost City came along as well and we had to figure out how we can balance those two those two projects. Tell me about the pitch for that because when we when we first wrote, reported the story, we said they they wowed Paramount executives. I mean, when you go in, are you, do you have a sizzle reel that you've assembled? This is how we think the film would look, or are you there with illustrations and things? Our goal is when we go into a, a meeting like that is as much as possible for um, the, the, the studio to see the movie and watch the movie with us. And so we've really, we, we put together a visual package uh, and, and walk them through that and tell the story. And we just, tell the story of the movie with, with these, with these visuals and take them through that experience. I think the angle that, that we came in with that I think was maybe the, the thing that probably helped us the most was that we really wanted to treat this movie that you could read as a more of a broad comedy, like we were making an Indiana Jones movie. So like incredible cinematography, really be in these exotic locations, make their, the, the action count, have real stakes, real tension, um, and then let those scenes be funny um, inside of those stakes. And I think that really resonated with them that it, that we weren't gonna just make a, 
um, something just totally light and without the depth of some of those classics that we grew up on. Now, at the time that you guys became attached, what, was Sandra and Channing circling the project? Because that's a whole other layer. Like once you get the studio on board, you need to get the stars on board. You know, it's really Sandy and, and Liza Chasen are the reason we got the job. It was, you know, the, the, the script came to us and, um, and we read it and we were like, this is amazing. But we didn't really think that, that we were going to probably have a shot at it. Um, and then Sandy and Liza saw Band of Robbers and said they wanted to meet. So it was a Saturday morning. Like we heard this on like a Thursday met with Sandy and Liza on a Saturday morning and just kind of, you know, we had like a day to prep for them and just pitched to them exactly like, you know, sometimes when you have no time like that, it really uh, sort of focuses your energy on what you want to talk about in a meeting. So we just said, this is how we would make the movie. Like these are, this is what we like, this is what we want to change. And this is exactly how we would make it. And by the end of the call, Sandy was like, guys, do you want to do this? It's like, is this something you really want to do? And, and we were like, you know, it was, a mind-blowing moment for Sandra Bullock, who we grew up on to be like, guys, do you want to do this? Um, and so she brought us uh, with Liza in front of Paramount. Um, so we had a huge endorsement going into the Paramount pitch because we had Sandy saying, I think these guys might have something interesting to say. And then so then Shannon came along um, uh, later. And it's it's funny how you... Um, you have something where initially it's a, it's text on a page and it's this character and you've, you, um, and then an actor like Channing steps in and you just can't picture it any other way. Like he, so like it's, is so fully the character, um, that this was meant to be like Adam said, we wanted to take the audience on a, a classic adventure where we're going to exotic places and, and having this adventure, but the the spin on it uh, is that it's not Indiana Jones on this adventure. It's a romance novelist and her cover model. This is somebody who both can can be hanging from the, the off of, off a tank or scaling a mountain or doing these things, um, but also absolutely should not be. Uh, and and Channing just takes took every one of those moments and and was exactly the concept. Yeah, he's an action star who's hilarious. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Where did you shoot and how long was it? We, we shot in the Dominican Republic, all over the, the DR. And um, we were out there probably about five months total. You know, I think we shot about 60 days for, of production days. Um, and it was, it was a, you know, it was a wild experience being out there, being in the actual elements. You know, our, our first week on the movie, we had this, this theory that like we would, if we front loaded all of the, um, the really difficult exterior stuff, jungle stuff, we could beat hurricane season and, and also just kind of like get everybody in this like mode of this is the kind of movie it is like a Werner Herzog comedy. Um, so like week one, we spent like, 
we were in this jungle stream that we had to hike. You had to hike down this super slippery, crazy staircase into this jungle stream. Day two, we had Channing totally naked with leeches on his body. We had them like day three, we're on this waterfall ledge where you'd have to take a pontoon across a, a, this body of water to get to our bathrooms. And then after that, when it felt like, whoa, we just did three days in this jungle stream, we put everybody on boats in the ocean for the next four days. So it was a wild experience. We were, we were definitely in the elements. And I think that that also helps to create this reality and stakes to what, you know, like somebody else might've read and thought, oh, this is just going to be a comedy and we'll shoot it on stages. Um, I think putting it out there in the jungle really gave it this grounded sense of reality. We, we wanted the movie to give the audience the experience of getting out of their homes. And, and that's actually even the story we're telling is Sandy's character, somebody who has kind of cloistered herself away in her cocoon and, and doesn't feel like there's any life left ahead of her. And she gets kidnapped and forced onto this adventure and sort of ripped back uh, out into, uh, into life um, where she's experiencing all of this um, adventure she didn't know she had left in, in her. And, uh, and that's exactly the experience we want the audience to have. The, um, now, the, the project was first announced in October 2020. You obviously shot during the COVID era. Was it, was it how was it down in Dominican Republic? It was challenging. We, we had, um, you know, we, we were wearing KN95s in, in very hot jungle weather. So, it was uh, it was definitely a, a real challenge for the crew, but you know we had just such an amazing team of people who were so just invested and committed and excited by the project, and we had such an amazing COVID team to keep everybody safe that we went through the movie with no shutdowns. You know, I think we were one of the only big movies happening at the time that that literally had zero shutdowns because there was just such a, a, a sacrificial commitment by everybody to just uh, do their best to be safe. So coming back to He-Man, can you give us, can you tease us the gist of this? It's so funny. The last time we had He-Man in our heads, a live action version, it was Dolph Ludgren. And it was, you know, I want to say friendship pins were in at that point. Madonna was raging on the music charts and everything. It was a whole different era. Um, can you tell me what your vision is? Is it, is it, um, is it kind of like the new Dune in that there's a mix of realistic big sets and VFX, or is it very opulent? I'm, I mean, it's such a, it's such a fun in, in, I mean, you know, I'm going to miss this on the big screen, but Netflix, they, they've got the coup here in having the film. Well, you, you know, you said it with the fun. I mean, that's that's kind of the big way in is that for us, it's like you can't do Masters without it being fun and colorful. And like it can be big and have big stakes and be a big, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok style movie. But like those movies as well, it has to be able to make fun of itself and be funny because there's just, you know, you can't have Mechanek and Ram Man and, you know, those guys without being able to laugh. Is She-Ra in the movie? I cannot tell you that. <laughs> and any more castings outside of He-Man? Um, no, nothing, nothing to report just yet. Okay. Um, and then um, 
what and and what is the He-Man timeline? Is that is that your entire 2022 into 2023? It's it's going to be a long process. Yeah, it's a big it's a big show. So it's going to be it's going to take over our lives now. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. What's your take on theatrical? You know, here's the thing: before the pandemic, comedies had a hard time at the box office, and I always wondered if. Hangover set the bar too high, and then just that, that's what I always wondered because we all like to go into the movies and watch comedy. And then it was pointed out to me well, comedy today is hybrid, it's Deadpool, it's Get Out, it's comedy laced with another genre, which is very much what this is. Is that, is, is that your take? Like, if you're going to do funny on the big screen, you got to lace it with another genre nowadays? I don't, I don't know in terms of like, um, like broader, like strategy of what it takes to get it in theaters. I know just for us, that's kind of the way we like to approach whatever we're doing. Even Band of Robbers is a, is a smaller film that's really funny. We didn't approach it as we're going to make a comedy. We had this story and wherever humor could emerge, we just would want to pull, pull it out and, and uh, Lost City is similar. It's a really funny movie, but we also had a big adventure story that we wanted to tell. And when we're telling a big adventure story, we're always looking for ways to also bring in laughs and just bring in that fun so that you, you widen and broaden out your film. It's not just one thing. And I'll tell you, as filmmakers, it is so exciting to be a part of a movie that isn't only in theaters film, you know, because it's just, you know, you see it, it's just going away more and more. And it does take a certain type of movie to hit that bullseye that that a studio will feel good about putting up. And it, it's just, it's such a privilege. And I think this movie is one of those films that you just have to go see it in theaters because it is so big and fun and epic. And you, it's just the greatest escape. You know, it's obviously been a tough time for a lot of people for the past couple of years. And this movie is just this amazing escape in the tradition that movies like Indiana Jones and the great movies of the 90s were. Adam and Aaron Nee, thank you so much. The Nee brothers. Such a privilege. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. 